here, though. How many of y'all have ever done something really stupid before? Oh, look at your name and say, say I think Pastor's got you now. <laughs> you ever done one of those things really stupid and somebody turns to you and says, what in the world were you thinking? For me, my... Uh, in fact, I was just texting my wife, you know, some of the stupid moments of my life, and she started sending me back a list of the things in my life. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that, I forgot about that. But they're one that really stands out to me. I just have to tell this before I get to the scriptures today. But uh, back when I was 10 years of age, um, we lived in Guymon, Oklahoma. We just moved there. My dad had just started the church. My mom and dad out there, Victory Center Church. I have an older brother. He's my, I tell everybody, he's my little, my, my older little brother because he's three and a half years older than me, but he's about six inches shorter than me. So takes after my mom's side. And so we had this brilliant, I mean, absolutely incredibly kid brilliant idea. We had the 16-pound bowling ball. And if you've ever been bowling, you know 16-pound bowling ball. That's the heaviest bowling ball, right? The heaviest weight. So we had the 16-pound bowling ball. I have no idea where it come from. But we had this brilliant idea that we were going to play catch with a 16-pound bowling ball. I'm 10 years of age. My older brother's 13, 14. Now, he should have known better, right? And so uh, I'll never forget that time. I mean, I took the bowling ball off the ground. I'm 10 years old. I mean, 16 pounds. That was still pretty heavy. And I mean, that thing is heavy. And I remember just kind of giving the one, two, three, and then lobbed it, you know, over there to my brother. He wasn't really that far away. I mean, he was close because I couldn't get it very far. But then he like caught it like, oh man, that was awesome. You know, and they're like, again, doing stupid stuff. And so he takes the bowling ball, you know, one, two, three, and lobs it to me. Now, I don't know what happened in midair, but that 16 pound bowling ball suddenly turned into at least a hundred pounds, I'm convinced. Because when I caught the ball, it went, I caught it and my hand ended up underneath it. Now we were playing in our living room, which was a remodeled garage, which just had a layer of carpet over a cement floor. So that 16 pound bowling ball that somehow had increased in mass when it went through the air, when it hit the ground with my hand underneath it, it split my little finger from top to bottom wide open. And it was uh, those moments after I began to look at that, look at it, it was laying quite open there. It had been smashed flesh. Just uh, That was the first time I'd ever seen fat. It looked like globules, you know, kind of looked like fish eggs. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. And so really, all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh, that is not good. And so uh, just the short part of that rest of the story is there, it seemed like everywhere that I went to talking to adults, to, from the waiting for my, the emergency room to get to the emergency room, to the doctors at the emergency room, every one of them had this question for me. What in the world were you, were you thinking? Come on, how many of y'all have had one of those moments? What in the world? Come on, how many spouses have had that for your, others, your spouse? Come on, how many of you wives ever ask your husband that? <laughs> now, you may, we better not to go there right now. We need, may have to get you into marriage ministry a little quicker. But we've been in this series called Foundations, and I want to dive into some practicals. But before I get into this, I want to look at Matthew chapter 7 here today. Just to lay the foundation, we've been looking at this passage for the last several weeks. So I'm, I've been bringing it from different translations. So I'm going to bring it to you from the Passion Translation here this morning. But this is the, one of the stories Jesus tells there in what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. Some of the great simplistic principles of the kingdom of God tells us how to live our life. But it's here in verse 24, the Passion Translation, Jesus says this, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a what? Wise man, everybody say I'm wise. To wise man who built his house upon, and I love this, unshakable foundation. Verse 25. When the rains fell, the floods came with fierce winds beating upon that house. Everybody read this part with me. It stood firm because of its, come on, everybody help me out. What? 
strong foundation. Verse 26, but everyone who hears my teachings and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Verse 27, when it rained and it rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating up on that house, and everybody read this last part with me, it collapsed. Come on, help me out, what? And it was what? Swept away. I love the story here that Jesus gives us of this, comparing these two people. One was wise, one was foolish. The wise man built his house upon the, come up on the rock. The foolish man built his house upon what? The sand, the same way it is in our life. Listen, we are all building a life. We're all building something. And we've been really just diving in lately to realize how important it is that our foundation is strong. The foundation, what we don't see, what is not exposed, what is not in the front. You know, if you go look at a house, if you're buying a house this week, listen, it's the use of the outside that attracts you to it, but it's the foundation that is the critical part of the value of that house. You gotta make sure it's on a strong Foundation. Now, I want you to look at something in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Run over there real quickly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, because we see that as Jesus tells the story, the wise and the foolish builders, that the importance of us having a successful life is not about how good we look on the outside. Amen? And come on, look at your name and say, tell them, say, ask them the question, don't I really look good today? Come on, don't, don't you look good today, right? But that's not the important part. The important part is what is on the inside the foundation of our life here in first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23, Paul speaking here, he says this, now may the God of peace make your, make you holy in every way. Come on. in every, how many ways come on in every way. And that you, and may your, look at this whole, come on, identify these three parts with me. What spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And I just, we've been talking so much lately in this foundation series about the spiritual nature and the spiritual foundation that we have in our life. But I want to begin to bring that spiritual thing, the spiritual side, the principle we've been talking about and begin to bring them into not just the spiritual nature, but the soulish realm and the body realm. Because if we don't have a holistic approach to the gospel message, how many of y'all know we can be very spiritually alert, be very spiritually keen, but if your soul is messed up and if you your body's worn out. Come on. It's not going to do you much good. In fact, I believe that the more spiritually mature that you become, the, your soul should also match your spiritual health and your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. When I talk about the soul and then your body, your body, man, I, <laughs> I, since Evan talked about it a few moments ago, man, I'm, I'm talking to myself. Come on. We can be spirit, spiritual aware, but we can be treating our body like there's no tomorrow. I remember a guy told me one time, he said, if I'd known I was, and he was 55 years of age, he said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, he said, I would have taken a lot better care of myself. I believe we really got a revelation of God in our lives. We're going to be, we're not just going to be spiritually whole, but we're going to be whole in our mind and we're going to be whole in our body. Amen. And so here these next few weeks, I want to dive into that aspects of this. And so, you know, at the beginning of this year, we talked about being all in and how many of y'all are all in today? Let me hear you. Amen. We are all in. Come on. We are body with the body of Christ. We are Christ believers. We're all in with Jesus. Come on. How many of y'all are all in with Jesus? Amen. Come on. We're all in. We're all in. I hope you're all in today. 
But I want to look at an aspect, and let me just throw this graphic up here, because you can take our, our whole body, our, you know, and we think about our spiritual nature accompanying all this, but you can really break up the soul, the body, into these five realms, the brain, the body, the bonds, the banking, the business, and this. And we, we, we can't be all in just spiritually, but we got to be all in everywhere in our life. For us to be a whole person, to be us to live a holistic gospel message, come on, we got to have God working in all these areas of our life. And so I want to dive into just this first thought because I don't have a lot of time here today, but I want to dive in just the thought, the foundational truths of having a healthy thought life or having that healthy brain because so many times, you know, we, we joked around a little bit. I told you the funny story about, well, what in the world were you thinking but there's a truth to that that we got to realize our thought life, what goes on in the head, produces our actions. And our actions, if they are not, let me say it this way, wrong actions, not curtailed, will lead to habits. And let me tell you, habits will lead to strongholds, and strongholds will literally lead to death in many areas. So I want to dive into just a couple thoughts here that I want to leave us with today. Foundational truth number one, when we come to having a strong foundation in our mind is this, have a mind to learn. Everybody say learn. Have a mind to learn. How willing are you to learn new things today? You know, we're in this season right now where children are going back to school and we're, Tammy and I are fortunate enough to have uh, our two grandkids. You know, we've got two of our kids that live here. So two of our grandkids are here with us. They spend a lot of time with us. And so Hadley, who is um, uh, nine, right? Will be nine here just in a few days, going to be nine years of age. Um, she's, very, she's very outgoing, but here just several weeks ago when school was starting up, we were starting back into, because how many of y'all remember those days of school and kind of something happens between the last day of school and the early spring and the first day, something happens to all that information that you learned. How many of y'all realize it kind of falls out? You know, you know what I'm talking about? I know some of y'all, it falls out overnight while you're sleeping. But anyway, you know, it kind of, and so we had this moment, you know, Hadley's trying to get kind of brought up to speed on things. And there were some very simplistic things was talking about. I think it was math. I, I can't remember exactly what it was talking about. But she had this mental block. And it was just, you know, it's having to keep breaking it down simpler and simpler. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And she gets so frustrated. And, and, you know, we just sat down with her and worked through some things. And, of course, one thing about being a grandparent is that when you get frustrated as a grandparent, you just simply say, go see your mom and dad. <laughs> Any of your grandparents ever done that. So, anyway, we let Brooke figure it out. But it, it was pretty cool. After her first couple of weeks of school, something began to click in her. And where she struggled in learning before, she is just shining, just absolutely incredible. The math, all the stuff, information. I mean, she went into this whole deal with us on Friday afternoon telling us about Pocahontas and John Smith. And she went on for about 15 minutes telling me stuff I had no idea. I had, do you know who married Pocahontas? It wasn't John Smith. I didn't know that. The movie was run, Pocahontas. I was like, whoa, I didn't know. And she told me, the kid, who was Pocahontas' kids? And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. When did she die? I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, that girl is sharp, man. She's smart, right? And, and so I just was thinking about that. I thought there was just this, the reason why she has retained now so much information can give that is because something shifted where she suddenly had this willingness to learn. And you know, I graduated high school back in May of 1986. I know some of y'all are like, Wow, that's a long time ago. But how many of y'all know 1986 wasn't that long ago? Please, somebody give me some affirmation right now. <laughs> some of y'all graduated a whole lot longer past when I graduated. But anyway, 
you know, I, I, it, it was just, you know, I, I remember those days of learning and, you know, all the studies and all the tests and all that. And I was so excited, you know, when I graduated high school, when I got out of college, I'd no longer test. But you know what I've learned? Unless we continually have a mindset to learn something, we can get very stuck in life. Let me say that again. Unless we keep a mindset in our life to continually grow and continue to learn something, you and I, we can and will get stuck. Come on, look at your name and tell them, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Look at something here. The Proverbs says, the Proverbs chapter four says this. He says, he also taught me, Proverbs chapter four again, uh, if it seems like I am talking fast because I don't have a lot of time, it's because I'm talking fast because I don't have a lot of time, all right? Proverbs chapter four, verse four says this. He also taught me and he said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and what? Come on, live. Verse six, get wisdom, get wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. Remember that. Basically, wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. So he says, get wisdom, verse five, and get what? Get understanding. Has anybody in this room ever had somebody in your life, you're like, man, they're just stupid, man. They just need to learn something, right? Get understanding. Don't, do not forget nor turn away from my words, uh, 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 the words of my mouth. Verse six, do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will, come on, help me out, what? Keep you, verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and on all you're getting, get what? understanding. Verse eight, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her, when you embrace her. And let me just speak to this for just a moment. We think he says, get wisdom, get understanding. Wisdom being the practical application of knowledge. Listen, wisdom is the ultimate goal. Come on. How many of y'all want to be wise when you're wise in your decisions, right? Come on, how many parents want your kids to walk in wisdom, right? We all want that. Whether you're a student at any level, you want to operate in wisdom. But wisdom is produced from the practical understanding of knowledge. Let me just illustrate this for just a moment. Like we're in school now. You can take a class of 20 students, whatever that looks like. 20 students, you can have a teacher give the same knowledge, teach the same principles to 20 kids. But when tested upon that knowledge, what is the result usually of those 20 kids? You'll have how many different results? Most likely you'll have around 20 different results. So what is the key factor to that equation? Was it the knowledge that was given? No. It was the ability to wrap the mind around the knowledge because when you, uh, when, when you get a revelation of the knowledge, that is what produces wisdom. It's like in your marriage, you can struggle in your marriage for the rest of your married life, but if you will stop and develop a drive to learn something about your marriage, you can take knowledge, get some revelation of it, and then it'll start producing wisdom in your marriage. Your marriage will go to a higher level. As a parent, same thing, whatever it is, in your walk with the Lord, you can take the knowledge. See, that's why I love these gatherings because I'm giving you a bunch of knowledge, but just because I'm giving you knowledge doesn't mean you're gonna walk in wisdom. Are you tracking with me? That's why I always pray at the beginning and before I preach, Lord, give us the eyes to see, the ears to here because it's through our understanding that we'll take the message and we'll make it applicable to our life and it produces wisdom in our life. 
man, I've got people around me. I'm like, man, when are they ever going to grow up? And you're not in this service. That's the 11 o'clock service. People will be in here just a little bit. I mean, y'all are all right. You know what I'm saying, you know? Come on, if you've ever had that thought, it's because they may be, they're maybe stuck in life. And this is what I've learned. You ever get stuck? There's always not. You know, we live in such a resource-rich era right now. There is virtually no problem that you'll face today that you can't find the answer to somewhere. Come on, I lived this here for several years ago when I had my 2004 F-250 diesel truck, man. I, let me tell you, you are looking at a YouTube certified diesel mechanic right here. Come on, I am YouTube certified and I can't tell you how many things. Anybody else with me? That's one thing I love about this younger generation. My daughter, she's all the time telling me this. I mean, you know, they're doing some housework and she's over there doing all the work. I'm like, man, how are you doing that? She said, I just got on YouTube, I watched a video. That's what it just, it's just a revelation. We've got to learn. You stop learning, you get stuck. Come on, you, you, you get to a level, you, you feel stuck. Come on, we gotta go to the next level. Come on, spiritually speaking, man, let's dive in. Let's learn more about Jesus and his character. Let's learn more about the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen. Come on, we will go to the next level. Come on, look at your neighbor time. You got to go to the next level. There's no excuse, no excuse. When we stop learning, we stop growing. Listen to this statistic. Roughly a quarter of American adults, a quarter, 23% exactly, say that they haven't read a book in, in, in whole or just even a part in the last year. Come on, there's no excuses for not learning. So let me ask you a question. When you think about your drive to learn on a scale of one to five, your drive to learn something, a scale of one to five, where would you rate yourself right now? Listen, I'm gonna give you two main points that you're gonna score yourself on that I'm gonna ask you at the end of the message, what's your score? So you're learning to drive, your drive to learn on a scale of one to five. One being that, that you just really have done nothing. You're not doing anything to go to a new level. But number five is that you're doing something pretty much every day to grow, to learn something. On a scale of one to five, just right there in your own heart, rate yourself. One, two, three, four, or five. Everybody got a number? You're doing nothing versus, you know what, every day I'm learning something. Okay, let me tell you something. Unless you're a five today, grow. Let's do better. Let's do something more, amen? Because we're growing to a new level in Jesus Christ. And I wish I had more time to expand on that, but I want to get to number two. Number two, a foundational truth to being, having a strong foundation in our mind. What are we thinking? This is the biggest key right here. You got to control the noise. Control the noise. How many of y'all know we live in a very, very noisy world right now, Right? You gotta control the noise. Look at your neighbor and tell him you gotta control the noise. Come on, our life always moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What's going? What are you thinking right now? How do you see yourself? How do you see your life? How do you see, do you see yourself as still having purpose? See, what consumes our thought life, our mind controls our life. What we think shapes who we are. Do, do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you right now? Church, we are fighting a battle right now. And the battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is not out here, just out externally. But the battle, the, one of the biggest battles we face is between the two ears. It's that six inches of gray matter that we fight the, some of the largest battles in our lives. And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with me here this morning. I want you to see this out of the Passion Translation. Got to control the noise. Control the noise. Control the noise. We live in such a noisy world right now that Tammy and I are to this point in our life that we cannot sleep if it's totally quiet. I don't know if anybody else is like that. In fact, over the last few years for us to get a good night's sleep, you know what you have to do? We've got a fan in her and we click on just this ambient noise. 
Because if it is no noise, it's deafening almost. We live in a noisy world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody's screaming. Everybody wants something. Amen. Come on. How many of y'all know, you know, your boss wants your body, right? Your boss has got a voice. Come on. Your parents, you got kids at home. How many of you know your kids have got a voice, right? Come on. Your spouse has got a voice. There's a lot of voices out there in our world. But I want you to see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says this. For although we live in this natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing what? Human weapons. Using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons, they are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Verse 5. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in the defiance of the true knowledge of God. Look at this. We capture, everybody say capture. We capture like the prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to who? To the anointing. We gotta capture, I like to capture, like prisoners of war. Listen to this statement, listen to it very close. If we don't learn to control our thoughts, our thoughts will control us. This is why it's important that we work on aligning our thoughts, our thoughts. You know, just a couple of examples here that I have, you know, uh, if you've got any type of past, I mean, we all got it, but you know, our past are like filters that we put on our eyes and then you know, we've all been, we've all got some past, right? We've all got things that we've dealt with in our lives. We've got hurt, we've got struggles, we've got disappointments, we've got frustrations in our lives. And our past is just like these oversized glasses. They very easily are something that we take up on ourselves. We don't intentionally do that, but we tend to view our present in relationship to the things and the experiences of our past. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about here today? Everybody ever lived that before? And, and if we don't learn to deal with the present, then the, 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 the disappointments, the frustrations of the past, and maybe the challenges that we face of the present creates a fear of the future. And all this takes place right here in the head. It's the thought life. And so the Bible tells us that we gotta take what? How do we treat our thoughts? We take them what? We take him captive as a prisoner of war. In fact, if you study that phrase there, take him captive as a as, as prisoner of war, it, there's a literal meaning in the Greek there that says, put it to the point of the spear. In other words, in those days, the spirit, in other words, we take those thoughts and instead of letting the thoughts run rampant in our head, we got to take those thoughts and we got to say, wait a minute, do you, you know, in the, in the words of Gandalf, you shall not pass. You know what I'm saying? Come on, we got to take captive those thoughts. Church, this is so important because some of the biggest struggles that, that many are having today in your life is not what somebody did to you, not something that happened to you, but the biggest struggles that you're having is some of the results of that, and it's all to do with what you're thinking. Come on, some of y'all are dealing with some stinking thinking. And these, the, the, the enemy loves to plant the seeds of doubt, the, the, the seeds of fear. He loves to plant those things in our minds and then just sits back and watch to see what you'll do with them. And the word says, we got to take captive the, come on, the thoughts. What thought have you been dealing with in your life? That when you begin to look at it and you say, you know what, that is a lie. 
I told you one of the thoughts that I deal with constantly in my life is the, the thought of you're not good enough. You're insignificant. You really can't lead this church. And on a regular basis, I've got to take that thought and I say, you know what? I'm going to hold you captive. Give me just a moment. Let me see what the word of God says. And I can go to the word of God and it's in the word of God that I find out who my, tr- my true identity is. See, my identity in the natural realm, if you ask me who I am, I would say, well, I am Brad Mendenhall. I am the son of Margaret Charles Mendenhall. I come from Guyman, Oklahoma. That's my natural identity, but there's an identity, identity that overrides my natural identity, and that's who I am in Jesus Christ. And when I look into the scripture, if I'm holding that thought captive and say, you know what, you shall go no anywhere, and you shall not go anywhere until I check what the truth is that I believe, I can stop, you stay right there. Okay, the word says that I am somebody, I'm going somewhere, I'm doing something girl. The word says that I'm a son of God. The word says that I'm anointed and, and I am appointed. The word of God says that, that what he has called me to do, that he equipped me. The word of God says that what he has begun in me, that he gives me the promise that he'll finish in me. Come on, the word of God says, what am I doing? I'm taking that thought and say, you're not going to pass until I find out what the truth is. What is the truth in your life? What is the absolute truth, the truth of the word of God to the thoughts that you're facing in your life? That's how we take it captive. And I, see, I'm not talking, you can't just modify behavior. You got to go to the core of your life. We got to go to our roots, to the core of our life. And when we find out what the word of God says for us and about us and in us, then we can boldly say, you know what? Man, I may have struggled with some things in my past, but bless God, that's not who I am now. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. Has anybody else dealt with thoughts in your life that are not right? We all have. We all have in our life. And the Bible says there, we got to take captive thoughts. So let me ask you this question. You got to score yourself. Scale of one to five. Number one, you allow your thoughts to run control over your life. Number five, you feel like you got somewhat good control of your life, of your thought life. And you don't let wrong thoughts to dominate your life. You don't let wrong, wrong thoughts to dominate your mind. So at a scale of one to five, where do you rate yourself? Are you a one? Are you up there to five? I, I want to be honest, I'm not a five in this one. Because there's a lot of thoughts I have to deal with in my life. How willing are you to learn? How well are you controlling the noise in your life? Let me just leave you with this third and final thought. If you do those two things, you know what will happen to you? At least the renewing of your mind, thinking differently. I like what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12 here in closing, says this, Romans chapter 12. Paul says, so dear brothers and sisters, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, amen. But I love verse two, look at verse two says, don't copy. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God do what? Come on, let God what? Transform. Everybody say transform. Transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Let God transform you. Let him transform you. We've got to present these bodies and then let God change your thinking. Do you need a thinking change? Do you need some, something in your life?
to get control of. Something for us to all think about. As I started out my message today, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Man, it's so easy to get hung up in our past. So easy to live our life just existing. But those two simple thoughts, learning, learning and controlling the noise, learning, learning and controlling. If you will get that down, I believe, and this is my prayer here today, that God will begin to reveal to you some things in your future. I I just keep hearing this in my spirit. Listen, let's see if I can give this out by the spirit. I feel like God is wanting me to say that there's some of y'all that are here this morning that you have been so hung up in the past and you've just got to this place in your life where you're just existing that God's saying that he's wanting to download some revelation of purpose and destiny to you, but because you're not open to learn and because you're not open to hear because you're stuck, he can't impart what he wants to impart. Come on, let's be ready to learn. Stand to your feet with me here this morning. Stand to your feet with me here. Listen, I wrote this in my notes. It's an old quote. It says this, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. For it becomes your destiny. Come on, we're all on a great journey. Starts with what's going on here. Just bow your head with me. And I just, just take your hands if you want to and just put them on your head right now. I just want to pray over our minds, our thoughts. Dear Holy Father, I just, as we come to the end of this service, this is just some of the basic things that you wanted me to bring during our time together here today. And Lord, I just know there's many right now, they're dealing, dealing with thoughts. The enemy has been so good at planning thoughts. But Lord, you tell us that we have that ability to take captive. And Lord, there is a learning curve to that. So Lord, I just pray this today that you help us to learn, help us to control. Father, I just pray for your Holy Spirit just to invade every life right now, just to help them, to strengthen them, to empower them, to take control to put to the spear any wrong or negative thoughts right now in Jesus' name. Let's let's all say this together. Say, Say, mind, you think on what's right. Say this. Say, I refuse to allow to exist in my thought life any negative thoughts, any contrary thoughts to the word of God. I arrest them right now. In the name of Jesus, I choose to think upon the word of God so that I may see in the word what the way God sees my life. And I refuse anything that says contrary. In Jesus' name. I just keep your head bowed there, right there where you're at. Keep your head bowed there. Just, just let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart here for just a moment.
It's because of the Holy Spirit, His Jesus, the Spirit that is here, that Scripture tells us He teaches us, He will help us, He will guide us. He reveals things. So Lord, right now, just in this quiet moment of intimacy with you, Lord God, just reveal what needs to be revealed to each one that's hearing my voice right now. Those areas, those situations that they face, Lord God. Lord, there's some people here today, they need to enroll in a class. They need to do something. They need to expand their thinking, expand their minds. They need to learn something. Lord, there's so many that needs to control the noise. Lord, minister to each one right now in Jesus' name.